ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا انه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح الامه وكشف الغمه وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله ان الله خبير بما تعملون in the name of Allah the beneficent the gracious the merciful the affectionate I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship and adoration and gratitude except Allah, God Almighty, the Creator and Sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And I bear witness that Prophet Muhammad is the son of Messenger. Dear brothers, dear sisters, uh, open my email this morning to check my email, the usual routine that all of us go through. And you never know what you'll see, but you're always afraid. And no surprise, but I kind of forgot about it. My inbox is flooded with messages with a sign of love, right? And you can imagine why. And I opened a couple of them, I didn't get it yet. Each one of them is, is sending me ads about big gift that I need to buy my wife, right? <laughs> or my, the female figures of my life. I'm like, what's happening here? Like, and I totally forgot it was February, right? <laughs> So here we are, and I'm sure you've seen those all littering your inbox, left and right, reminding us, all of us, about Valentine's Day, which is coming up on the 14th of uh, the month, in a few days, I believe, next Thursday. And subhanAllah, it really compelled me to reflect and to kind of dig deeper a little bit into my own thoughts about this holiday, what it means for me, what it means for people in general, and how they perceive and take it. And what is it that makes people kind of get excited about it? Regardless, we know very well that one thing for sure is that you're hit when this holiday comes around with a massive storm of advertising. Massive storm of messaging coming to you literally through television, through internet, through your inbox, reminding you that you cannot miss out on this extraordinary occasion to experience love, to give love, and that you really have to prove it. It's not enough to say, I love you. You gotta go buy a ring, but bigger is better. Right? You gotta prove it, otherwise you risk being heartless. And you always like feel the person like, oh shoot, am I am I gonna be the, the one I don't wanna use bad words here, right? The one who is really not exhibiting that kind of affection for that person in my life, and perhaps they're looking for it. Well, this is an uh, an, an interesting holiday that has really historic roots in the Christian tradition. It's it's a feast day uh, celebrating actually one of the one of the saints, uh, Valentinus. And it's interesting that actually the occasion on which um, this day is, is remembered goes back to a day when he was, you know, a, a, a major figure was skilled in the Christian tradition. So there was actually a sad occasion around it. But regardless, that event itself is celebrated as a day of romance, where everybody has to really come and experience that romance. But I want to ask you today, how many of us are aware that while this event, this holiday that is celebrated actually in many regions of this world, not only here, is a day that reminds us of love and experiencing love on that day. It's also the day, ironically, where, where many are feeling depressed 
feeling left out, feeling rejected, because they cannot find the love of their lives. They cannot find that fulfilling romance that all of us have come up with, kind of fictitiously defined in our heads through the stories of Hollywood and Bollywood, right? When we fantasize about that love of our lives that will come and lift us off of our feet and fulfill us completely, where that, you know, story of our lives that we await comes to catapult us out of our misery. Where is that love in our lives? And believe it or not, brothers and sisters, and I've dealt with so many young people who have that so-called love of their lives, being rejected in this very day, being sent this, the, the wrong signals on that day, and being left alone, being isolated, being rejected. And all of us understand the pain of rejection and how hard it, how hard it is. But many of us may not recognize there are many broken hearts on that day, many depressed people on that day, all because of these notions of love that perhaps are not real. They're not something grounded in a meaningful experience that delivers real meanings of love. I ask you today, brothers and sisters, what are our notions of love? Perhaps those of us who have come from overseas, from traditional backgrounds, kind of say, oh, away from romance. Nonsense, right? Throw it out of the window, right? This is just young, spoiled kids of this age talking about romance. And then we have the other extreme, where everything is romance, where everything is about this expectation that if you don't have that love of your life one day that will come to fulfill you completely, right? Steadily, unconditionally, then you're a miserable human being who's deprived. Where is love then? And how many of us have really experienced that type of love? And I want to ask you today, how many of us can recall experiences in our lives where we really felt loved and how it felt? Recall in your life an experience motherly, fatherly, spousal, it doesn't matter, a friend or perhaps that romantic relationship that somebody might have had, where they recall somebody really loving them. How did that feel? It felt incredible. It felt joyful at the moment, didn't it? And many of us might not understand that we desperately need this love in our lives. We're created, brothers and sisters, with a core need for love. Core need for love that many of us might not be aware of and our need for it. This is something wired into the human being from the moment that this human being was created. And the question I always ask in my head is, is there any one person or any one experience in our lives that can fulfill us so completely, so joyfully, so unconditionally? And that's a question for you to think and ponder upon because even if us, you know, the older generation might have reconciled ourselves with these questions, many in the younger generation have not. Many in the younger generation have not. There's something interesting about why I bring this up. This is at the core of our existence. And if we don't settle and understand how to love and how to receive love, we're in serious trouble psychologically, emotionally. We're not going to be productive human beings. Because as I said, at the heart of our existence is actually the emotional love. It's the most paramount emotion we can experience in life. We know the effects of it. We know how we feel when we're feeling loved. And we know very well how we feel when we love someone. We love the idea of falling in love. Isn't it true? What is happening then inside of us, believe it or not, the scientific literature in the past 10 or so years has been incredible in terms of yielding findings about what happens to the human being when they're loved or give love. It turns out, and I'm going to just summarize it for you. I myself, over the past three or so years, have read, like, alhamdulillah, a good amount of literature on it you know, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally. What is it that 
transforms the human being with their love. And I was astounded, astounded as to how we did not yet figure out this emotion and cultivate it and look for it in the right places in our lives. Bottom line is that we're broken without love in our lives, broken human beings. Bottom line is that the love emotion is the most supreme and paramount of emotions that a human being can experience. And it's critical to their well-being, to their growth, to their happiness and longevity. Would you have imagined that actually being in an, you know, experiencing love in our lives can prolong someone's life? Of course, Allah decrees lifespans, but it actually prolongs life. Did we know that it actually reduces stress? Did we know that actually it activates something called the vagus nerve, which connects, it's a conduit that connects the brain with the heart and allows it to communicate better. It turns out that when you experience love, it improves that vagus nerve. Did we know that it actually induces the release of neurochemicals in our heads? Neurochemicals and hormones that God Almighty, Allah has built into us to be released when we love someone and these neurochemicals make us feel heartwarmed, make us feel connected, make us feel joy, make us feel serene. How did all that happen? We're wired literally to respond to this emotion? Absolutely, absolutely. Did we understand that this has everything to do with our well-being? Did we know that the, as, the, as the researchers have found out, that if there is one emotion that triggers all other positive emotions, it is love. Meaning that when you experience love, it activates every other positive emotion in you, including generosity. Suddenly, you know, you want somebody to be generous with you? Your spouse, your parents, or child does. Give them a dose of love, and you'll see an incredible reaction if they're normal, right? They become more generous. Trust increases, serenity increases, joy increases, stability increases, hope increases. And if you strip it out of the equation, every other emotion is damaged. And the human being is not capable of mustering that emotion. How amazing is this? It turns out, again, it's at the heart of our existence. But I want to ask you today, and I ask this with many young people who are fantasizing about the idea of needing to find the love of their lives and basing all their dreams on it. And I'll never forget growing up. I was always looking for somebody, maybe on a, on, a, on, a, on a trip to DC on a metro. Like, where is that love of my life? Where are they going to show up in my life, right? Little tiny kid, because I was just dreaming about it just as everybody else, every other young person was dreaming about it. But it wasn't happening. It wasn't there, right? And is real love built that way is the real question. It's a critical question for all of us to ask. And if we don't figure it out, as I said, we're in serious trouble. This is a core need, brothers and sisters. The question is, can any one person, anyone experience in our lives, deliver to us complete, unconditional, steadfast, you know, dependable, non-moody, non-ambivalent love? Any one person can do this for you? Anyone experience? It is impossible. Absolutely impossible because human beings are finite. We're weak. We might wake up in the morning and I'm happy with you and I'm smiling at your face. And at the end of the day, I'm depressed and I, I don't feel like looking at you. Isn't it true? What are our expectations of people around us in terms of them giving us love? This is a critical question. And many of us need to understand it, ask it, and also have conversations with our families and children about it. It turns out, brothers and sisters, that subhanAllah, this goes to the heart of faith. 
And many of us might not have been paying attention to the source of love that we all desperately need in our lives that we cannot dispense with. How many of us have opened their eyes to look literally at Allah being the loving one and the source of love? God Almighty. Because if we don't get these experiences on a steady basis from our lives, well, we have to get it somewhere for us to be normal and healthy. How many of us have understood the intimate messages coming from our Lord day and night, reminding us, you need to look at me and the love that I give you? How many of us have paid attention? You know when I bring up this question, does Allah love me? It turns out, brothers and sisters, wallahi, and you know this very well, many of us are struggling with this question. Many of our children are struggling with the question of whether Allah, God Almighty, loves me. Many of us have been told over and over from a very young age because of our culture, you're never good enough, right? You're not good enough. You look at your shortcomings, look at your mistakes, look at your sins. You're not worthy of Allah's love. You're not worthy of His, of His love. That this love of Allah is kind of reserved to the super righteous, to the super religious, to those who have what it takes, to those who have gone, you know, traveled and treaded the path, right? But that the rest of us are left out. We can never be good enough. Then it even goes worse. It, it gets worse than this. Many of us, not only do, not, do we not think that we're worthy of God's love, we're already loved, that His love is not even like any other love we can experience in our lives. But many of us actually hate ourselves. Many of us actually think that we're worthy of hellfire. We're worthy of, his, of God's punishment. Many of us actually believe that God is out to get us. He's wrathful, right? And He's just waiting for the mistake. How serious is this? Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, when somebody has such a conception of who Allah is, God is, and their relationship with God is, they'll be broken. They'll be broken. Their faith will be broken. Their relationship with God will be broken. Their practice of the faith will be broken. Who they become as husbands, wives, fathers, and mothers will be broken. And it will ripple out into the rest of their families and communities. We're not going to be normal people. Allah wired us to understand that we desperately need His core love. The next question then becomes, well, give me evidence. How do I know really that I'm worthy of it, that I actually already belong? That I'm already loved, even unconditionally by God Almighty, by Allah Azzawajal? Well, it's Allah Azzawajal who speaks. Away with the noise. Sometimes we are so busy, so occupied with the noise around us, from the cultural conversations, from what is happening in the house, that we let that inform our understanding. Away with all of that noise and let us just pause and reflect a little bit. Because Allah says in the Quran, Pay attention. He says, open your eyes, listen and pay attention and look and witness the signs of God's care and mercy. Look at them, they're there. They're speaking to us in, in a very intimate language. But it requires a conscious heart to open itself and say, you know what, I get it. I want to ask you. How many times does somebody have to beg you for love for you to wake up and say, you know what, I'm finally hearing you? And how does it feel when someone begs you over and over for love? It breaks hearts when someone begs you for it and you don't give it to them. Well, God Almighty is above all experiences, all comparisons, all analogies. Does He have to really keep begging us for this? And is there such a thing as enough science for us? Isn't there already an abundance? Let me share with you a few messages from Allah Azza We know that very well as Muslims that one of the means to learn about Allah is His names, attributes. And by Allah, 
most of our failures in life, troubles in life, misery in life emanate from not understanding the nature of Allah. We just come up with our own fantasies. Who is Allah? We understand in our faith that we study that to understand it <clears throat> through His perfect attributes and names. Let me share with you one of the most amazing of the names of Allah. And I wonder how come we were not taught this from a very young age in our schools. One of the names of Allah is Al-Wadud. Al-Wadud, we learn, you know we hear about Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, what about Al-Wadud? What is wood? Let me tell you what wood is. This is a name that originates from this root word wood. <clears throat> if I were to tell you, think of someone that loves you so much. You come up with a name or two in your head, right? Then I ask you, what evidence do you have that that person loves? loves you. What do you do? You come up or identify behaviors that express, that show that that person loves you. And if you have, a, if you have trouble coming up with, with, with examples in your head, oh, this person cared for me. This person gave me a gift. This person hugged me. This person was there for me when I was in trouble. Examples, right? But what if you cannot come up with examples? You'll actually be thinking, perhaps that person doesn't love me. Allah just says about himself, his own nature, I am al-wudud. Wood in Arabic is a different word than hub. Hub is love. Wood is love combined with the expression of that love through affectionate acts. Affectionate acts that are expressed. Why express them? To make the person feel love. Allah says, not only do I love you, but I'm expressing it for you to feel loved. I'm going out of my way, verbally and also through acts to make you understand that you're loved because you need to know that you're loved. If you don't know that you're loved, you're in trouble and you're not going to do well. So I want you to feel loved. How many of you have understood the power of just the word wadud? What kind of a message is that from Allah Azza wa And who's being addressed by that name of Allah? You and me, our children, our parents, creation are all the recipients of that love. What kind of love is it? Is it ambivalent? Is it moody? Absolutely not. Allah says, you can count on it. You don't have to search for it. It doesn't depend on conditions. It doesn't depend on prerequisites. It doesn't depend on you doing anything. You're already loved by being. Because I made you. But why does Allah do this? Doesn't He require things for us to be loved? Brothers and sisters, I give you the analogy of a mother again because within our tradition we know that the Prophet said, Allah is more caring and loving to you. Look at this beautiful statement. And I ask Allah that He makes imbibe it and internalize it. He says He's more caring and loving towards you than your mothers. How about our mothers? Let us understand this concept of their love and their affection. Doesn't the mother automatically love us, regardless of what we do? Do you really have to do things for your mother to love you? Absolutely not. No. The mother loves her child because the child is part of her. Out of loving kindness. Allah wishes the best for us. Cares for us without us doing a thing, brothers and sisters. Not because we have to do things. And this is a part of the faith. Absolutely critical part of our faith. And Allah goes beyond to prove it. Through His acts of affection, His words. Isn't it Allah Azza wa Jalla? Who says that when my servants ask you, ask you concerning me, tell them I'm near. Near answering whoever asks me. I want to ask you who in our lives would tell us, I'm here for you if you need me anytime. Except someone that, except someone that really adores you, that cares for you, that thinks of you night and day. Well, it's Allah Azza wa Jal who says this. 
Is it of Allah Azza wa who says, please, if you ever make a mistake, come and just ask, I'll forgive you completely. Who is it in our lives that is willing to forgive us completely except someone that abhors us, right? That really is waiting for us to be lifted, that wants us to feel good about, about ourselves, that has that compassion towards us. We've experienced this already. We know it very well. Allah similarly says, more so even, He says, just come to me and ask, and you'll find me to be the most forgiving. It is He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, as another proof of His love. He says, I facilitated for you the return back. In fact, in our tradition, we know that one of the most joyful moments for Allah Azza wa Jal, one of the most joyful moments is when the servant returns back to Him, His creation. The, the, the one that is that, that thinks that they're far away from Allah Azza wa Jal, that is sin, that is committed crimes, whatever it is that they've committed in their, in their lives, that they think they deserve the hellfire, quote unquote. Allah says, the moment you turn back to me with your heart is the most joyful moment. Can you think of a mother and a father and their reaction when their child comes back? How does that feel? Little wonder that Allah gave us these hearts to experience these relationships. So that if you understand, get a glimpse into His love, Allah welcomes you back so willingly, so lovingly. Only a loving one, Al-Wadud, would do this. It is Allah who says, whoever mentions me, I mention them to myself. And whoever mentions me in a company, I mention them in a better company. Who does that? Who amongst us would say to somebody, you know what? Every time you think about me, you call me, oh, I'm full of joy. And I, and I was talking about you yesterday to others. How do you feel when you hear someone talking like this? Who is it that goes out of their way to mention you and your name amongst the best to them, those that they love, except, except someone that loves you? Who says... When you come a step towards me, I take multiple steps towards you. That's what Allah says. And when you come walking to me, I come running. Talk about poetic. Wow, I take a step, you come multiple? I come walking, you come running? Brothers and sisters, when you think of romantic relationships that are depicted in movies, we see this, right? Like, don't you somebody begging for somebody's love, like, I'll do anything for you. And as soon as they detect a signal, it's like, oh my God, that's it, wait, this is it. This is the love of my life, and, and there could, couldn't be a better signal for me. I'm going to jump on it and capitalize on it, right? Literally, Allah, the creator and maker of the heavens and the earth, is begging us to take a step. And he says, I'm willing. I just want to take multiple. You're already loved. All of these indicate nothing but that Allah's love is unconditional. It is already given. Isn't it Allah Azza wa Jal who says in a beautiful hadith that when he loves someone, and pay attention to this beautiful message, this is when I love someone. I call out to Jibreel, the angel Jibreel, Gabriel, in the heavens that, oh Jibreel, oh Gabriel, I love such and such. Love them, love her or him. And then Jibreel himself, Gabriel, announces in the heavens, announces in the heavens that Allah, God Almighty, loves such and such by name. And then their approval is spread on this earth. I pause at this hadith. And we need to think day and night about it. What is it saying? When you love someone and you really care for them, hopefully you don't keep it to yourself. Imagine when you heard someone talking about you again, how much they love you, and the mood arrived to you. What does that tell you? It's, it sends a powerful signal. It, it excites you. You don't announce your love about someone unless they really occupy you, right? Why would Allah go out of his way to announce? Announce in the heavens. And on earth that someone is loved. 
Well, you don't necessarily hear the words, you feel it. You feel it. And amongst his best of angels that he has to know, that he has to love you, for me, that's nothing but a signal and an expression of the deepest forms of love that you cannot get anywhere else. Isn't it Allah who said in Surah Maryam, at the end of it, and pay attention to the intimate messages. Talk about love letters from someone who's begging us, right? That we desperately need. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ سَيَجْعَلُ لَهُمُ الرَّحْمَنُ وُدَّةً Beautiful verse that speaks of affection. Allah says, those who believe and do good deeds. You know what he says next? He says, سَيَجْعَلُ لَهُمُ الرَّحْمَنُ Allah has appointed and prepared for them. He didn't say reward. He didn't say mercy. He said affection. Words. You can imagine somebody says, you know what? I can't wait for you to, wait for you to get home. I can't wait for you to come back from your vacation. I have something special for you. And he's going to express my love for you. I prepared my love for you. Wow. What does that look like? What is Allah's love looking like when he tells you that's what's waiting for you? It's not a gift because I just want to give you something. No, 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 no. I prepared my adoration and affection for you. Can you imagine that? How many of us are paying attention to these messages? How many of us have communicated this beautiful message of our faith to our children, to our neighbors, to our communities? Did we not know that we desperately need this? How many of us have felt this in their lives? How many of us have been indifferent to it? I swear to you, brothers and sisters, this issue is one of the most paramount and critical to our existence, to our ability to actually be normal, functional, successful, faithful even. It's at the heart of our faith. But perhaps we got it all wrong from the beginning, and perhaps we were looking in the wrong places, missing out on the most paramount experience in love of love in our lives, the love of none but Allah Azza that none of us have to search for. We ask Allah Azza to bless us. And grant us his love and the love of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Well, a natural question that comes up is, well, what about then those things that we have to do? Isn't there already a long list of requirements and conditions and prerequisites that we have to fulfill to earn God's love? Well, if we were not convinced already by the evidence, the beautiful messages of Allah about His natural love for all of us, and enough for us to know that He created us, he created all this beauty around us. And none of it had to be there. He already nurtured even the experience of love in our lives, gave us our mothers to feel love, gave us hearts to feel it. All these evidences all around us, pointing out the reality of Allah's love in our lives is unmistakable. The question then, as I said, is what about the long list of things we have to do? Going back to the example of a mother, and how much of our faith can we understand just by looking at our relationships with our parents? Again, I mentioned this at the beginning. The motherly love is instinctive. And no matter what the child does or doesn't do, the mother loves them, right? Right? Even if the child upsets the mother, doesn't listen, disobeys, becomes rebellious, even leaves the house, there's no doubt that a mother would still adore her child. Does that mean she's happy? No, she's not happy. She might be upset. Those acts of disobedience, 
displeases the mother, the father. Isn't it true? In the same way, brothers and sisters, Allah's love and wood is natural. It doesn't change because He made us. He created us. We have a peace from Allah Azza wa He breathed into the human being from His spirit. Right? There's no way that Allah would have created us and made all of this around us if He didn't love us. But Allah says, if you love me, you love to do the things that I love. So to earn Allah, the pleasure of Allah Azza wa there are things that we have to do. There are indeed ramps. There are levels. There are special places for those who do more. We know it from our children, with our children that those, you know, our children that do more, that, that go out of their way to please us, that put a smile on our face, faces, fill our hearts with joy. Make us so happy with them and perhaps we'll give them something extra. Isn't it true? Allah is above analogies again. But indeed, Allah, the pleasure of Allah is earned through these acts. And if we understood really the power of the love of Allah, and if we experience it a little bit, We'll go out of our way, brothers and sisters, to do the things that please Him. Because when you please Him, He's going to fill your heart with wood. And when we feel it, we're transformed as human beings. Transformed as human beings. Let me conclude with this. How many of us really doubt the love of Allah? How many of us still doubt the answer to the question, Does Allah really love me? If we got this wrong, we got everything wrong about Allah. And perhaps about our faith. And it can send us really far from Allah Azza wa And it can cost us our hearts and souls. And our distance. And it will really render us dysfunctional. This is the core need of the human being. As I mentioned at the beginning, it is indispensable. To our well-being. Our lives. Our ability to give. Our ability to receive. Our ability to have normal relationships. Our ability to be productive human beings. The heart is craving it. None can, no one can give it to us like Allah does, steadily, unconditionally, around the clock, by being, by being. Again, do we doubt it? And how many of us have opened our eyes, our eyes even for a moment to listen to the intimate words and expressions of love from Allah Last point, brothers and sisters. As I said at the beginning, this question, perhaps some of us have already settled it, settled it in our heads. I can tell you today, we need to have more conversations about it with our children. If there is something that our children and our families need to understand, grasp, is this question. That Allah loves them. But that indeed there are prescriptions for getting higher, for ascending, for getting closer to Allah, for becoming a better human being. That indeed, those who love reciprocate. It's not enough for you know, to say to someone, I love you, and you're not doing anything to show your love. Just as Allah has shown His love, what is our evidence to Allah that we love Him? What step have we taken on a daily basis to fix something in our lives? To show that intention in our hearts, to say, Oh Allah, here's my step to you. Here's the extra step I'm doing to demonstrate my love. Allah says in a beautiful hadith. And let me tell you why this is very powerful. Actions are powerful. Actions are powerful. We need to take this out of our hearts, whatever emotions we have, and express them and demonstrate them. First and foremost, to Allah Himself, God Almighty. Allah says that whoever acts upon these things and takes steps to Allah to demonstrate that emotion, that trust of Allah, then Allah Himself, He said, I become the sight with which you see, the hearing with which you hear, the limbs that you use, the, 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 the hands that you use, and the feet with which you walk. And if you ask me, I shall give you. And if you seek protection from me, I shall protect you. What does that mean? Allah will enlighten you completely, will transform you. 
literally take over even your limbs and your senses. Can you imagine the enlightenment that someone can reach by literally taking a step from Allah, one micro step? Can you imagine if we nurture this, cultivate it as part of our experience and conversations with our families and children? Well, my brothers and sisters, if your children, those of us who are worried about their faith and where they're going in life, if they feel the love of Allah and Prophet Muhammad in their hearts, they're transformed. And they need nothing more than that. If they have this thing anchored in their hearts and they have no doubt about it, inshallah they'll, they'll do well. But if they have any doubts about it, it's only a matter of time before they break or they leave. We ask Allah to make us the best examples of love. We ask Allah to nurture our love for Him and the love and love for Prophet Muhammad. We ask Allah to make us among those who ponder upon His love, who sense His love, who experience His love. Who have no doubt about his love and his word. We ask Allah to make us walk in the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He make us shining examples that spread that love of Allah and the love of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our lives. To make us among those who actualize and express that love. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we ask Allah that you forgive, forgive us, that you surround us with your care and affection. Allah maghfir lana wa rahamna wa afu anna wa tawalla amrana wa ahsan khalasana. واختم بالباقيات الصالحات أعمالنا اللهم نسألك يا الله ودك ورفقك يا الله ورحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ارحمنا برحمة تغننا بها عن رحمة من سواك وصلي لهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وأرحم الصلاة السلام عليكم ورحمة الله just a few announcements إن شاء الله first حلقة كانت إن شاء الله 7 p.m. brother Qarq with the seer of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Sunday morning, inshallah, we resume with our Quran reflection series. The surah this, uh, inshallah, Sunday will be Surah Al-Kahf, surah we're all familiar with. Don't miss out, inshallah, the opportunity. To, inshallah, it'll be a good session of reflection in this surah that we reflect, you know, recite weekly. So, inshallah, come and learn and um, join us, inshallah. Time is 6.15, barakallah, inshallah, for the reminder. 6.15 is Fajr, and we'll um, resume with the discussion afterward. Next Saturday, inshallah, um, this is, alhamdulillah, becoming a very popular program. February 16th at 10 a.m. Seniors, uh, the Seniors Club. Mashallah, they're really ahead of everybody now. We better, we better get up and roll up our sleeves and start moving. Uh, there'll be a lecture on the digestive health by Dr. Zayf Shanawas. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, come and understand digestive health because it's at the core of our health. If this is messed up, everything is messed up. I really mean it, subhanAllah. So, and the brain, Dr. Ali says brain. And we had an incredible lecture, alhamdulillah, discussion last week, also with memory. Uh, so alhamdulillah, this is becoming popular, inshallah. 10 a.m. February 16th. Barakallah uh, feekum. Couple of requests, inshallah, for dua. Uh, sister Naima, her mother, uh, Jorah? Jorah's um, passed away in Hyderabad. May Allah have mercy on her soul. Grant her uh, his company, company of the prophets and the righteous, and grant her family patience. And one final request that is also very, very important. Our dear sister uh, Ashraf Hussein was a very beloved, special member of our community, one of the original people who have helped and helped us build this community as well. Um, this is um, uh, the death anniversary of her late husband, Professor Noor Muhammad. Um, so she's a very caring person, alhamdulillah, we know the love that she shares with the community. So this is, inshallah, a request for her to make dua for him on this occasion of his departure from this earth. He's a man who has loved so much good on this earth. So we ask Allah, oh Allah, 
We ask you, Allah, that you place your mercy and that you surround this man with your care and affection. We ask you, Allah, that you expand his grave, that you put him under your shade on the day when there is no shade but your shade. We ask you, Allah, that you surround him with your mercy, that you fill his grave with life, Ya Allah. We ask you, Allah, that you grant his family patience and steadfastness and join them with him in the hereafter. Allah, I mean, barakallah, dear brothers and sisters. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.